Al-Bayan Radio presents The Life of Prophet Muhammad, Peace be upon him Presented by Nidal Ayyubi Bismillah, Alhamdulillah Wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala Assalamu alaikum dear brothers and sisters And welcome to our new lessons, our new classes Our new series on the seerah of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam The life and biography of the greatest man to set a foot on this earth, the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. In these classes, my dear brothers and sisters, we will speak about the lineage of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the situation of the world before his commissioning as a prophet and messenger. We will speak about his youth, his occupations, his marriage, his family and children, the first revelation, then the Meccan stage and what happened during the Meccan stage, and then the Hijrah to Medina, and the establishment of the Islamic State in Medina, and then all the great battles and all the great incidents that happened in Medina, and then we will conclude by speaking about the death of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. My dear brothers and sisters, we are studying the life of the greatest man, the one who Allah sent as a mercy, as Allah says, "Wa ma arsalnaka illa rahmatan lil'alamin," and we have not sent you a Muhammad except as a mercy to all of mankind. So a question I may ask, what is the importance of the seerah? My dear brothers and sisters, the importance of studying the seerah may be summed up in a few points, which include the following. The seerah of the Prophet ﷺ is the standard by which deeds are to be measured. Whatever is in accordance with his guidance and practice is acceptable and is in accordance with Islamic teachings. And whatever is not in accordance with his guidance and practice is to be rejected. Another reason for the importance of studying seerah is that it gives us, it gives humanity at large the best role model to follow. And that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has instructed us to take him as an example as he says subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Ahzab, Ayah 21. There has certainly been before you in the Messenger of Allah an excellent pattern for anyone whose hope is Allah and the last day and who remembers Allah often. Also, my dear brothers and sisters, another reason for the importance of studying the seerah is studying the Prophet's life and biography helps us understand the book of Allah, the Qur'an, and act upon it. Because his character was the Qur'an and his entire life was based on following the Qur'an and acting upon it. Also, another reason, my dear brothers and sisters, for studying the Prophet's seerah is that it increases our love for him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. By learning about some of the great aspects of his life and character, we will increase bi'idhnillahi ta'ala our love for him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And as we know, we will never truly believe until we love him more than we love our own selves, our own parents and children. As he says, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, لَا يُؤْمِنُ أَحَدَكُمْ حَتَّى أَكُونَ أَحَبَّ إِلَيْهِ مِنْ وَالِدِهِ وَوَلَدِهِ وَالنَّاسِ أَجْمَعِينَ None of you truly believes until I am dearer to him than his father, his son, and all the people. And this is the agreed upon hadith found in Bukhari and Muslim. 
Also, another reason for the importance of studying the Seerah, my dear brothers and sisters, is that the characteristics or the Shama'il and biography or Seerah of the Prophet highlight the best path to be followed by the Muslim who is seeking goodness and an honorable life in this world and the hereafter. Also, my dear brothers and sisters, studying the Prophet's seerah enables us to find out about the great generation, the generation of the Sahaba, radiyallahu anhum. They're striving alongside the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and their service in spreading Islam. It helps us learn about their willingness to offer their lives, their children, and their wealth as a sacrifice for him, and how keen they were to emulate him, meaning to emulate the Prophet ﷺ in every word and deed, to obey his commands and heed his prohibitions. Thus they became an example for others to follow. And finally, my dear brothers and sisters, another reason pointing to the importance of studying the seerah is that studying the Prophet's seerah ﷺ helps us to understand all aspects of the religion starting with the aqidah, the creed, ibadah and fiqh or worship, because he, sallallahu alayhi wasallam's whole life was an application of religious teachings in the entirety. So we ask Allah to allow us to learn the seerah and benefit from it. The Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, my dear brothers and sisters, he is from the descendants of Ismail, who is the son of Ibrahim, alayhi wasallam, two great prophets of Allah. And as we know, Ismail, alayhi wasallam, when he was a young baby, he was left with his mother Hajar by Ibrahim السلام, in Mecca. And at that time, Mecca was a barren desert. There was no water, there were no people, there was pretty much nothing there, my dear brothers and sisters. But Ibrahim السلام, left them there in accordance with the order of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And they had a bit of water, but that soon ran out and they became thirsty. Hajar began to climb the nearby mountain in Mecca, or the hill, which is known as the Mountain of Safa. And then she ran and climbed to another nearby mountain called Al-Marwa. And as we know, Hajar going between Safa and Marwa is something which we practice today when we perform Umrah and Hajj, which is known as a Sa'i, to go seven times between Safa and Marwa. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then gifted Hajar and Ismail with Zamzam gushing water which quenched their thirst and this is something that we benefit from until this day and this is one of the great miracles of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and my dear brothers and sisters it did not take long before wandering tribes noticed that there was a good supply of water there and they began to settle in that area and one of the tribes who settled there was a tribe that was known as Jurham and they were Yemeni Arabs who were nomads who would roam from area to area so they settled there and eventually when Ismail grew older, he married from them. Now, we also know that Ibrahim السلام, returned to Mecca where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered him to sacrifice his son and also to build the Kaaba with his son Ismail السلام, which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us about in Surah Al-Baqarah where he says, <laughs> Alim. 
And remember when Ibrahim raised the foundation of the house with Ismail, both praying, Our Lord, accept this from us. You are indeed the all-hearing, the all-knowing. Also Allah tells us, the first house of worship to be established for the people was the one at Bekka, meaning Mecca. It is a blessed place, a source of guidance for all people. <laughs> In it are clear signs such as the standing place of Ibrahim. And my dear brothers and sisters, Allah used here for Mecca, Bekka. And this is the ancient name of Mecca. And one of its meanings is that it causes buka or crying for the tyrants and the arrogant ones. Meaning they cry and become humble when they enter Mecca. It also means to gather around it. And my dear brothers and sisters, the honorable job of looking after the Kaaba rested in the hands of the descendants of Ismail salam. Then it passed into the hands of Jurhum, who were there living with Ismail. And as we know, Ismail married from them. Now, as time passed, the Meccans stopped following the teachings of Ibrahim and Ismail, which is pure Tawheed. And eventually the tribe of Jurham, who were the custodians or the keepers and protectors and maintainers of Mecca and the Kaaba, were overpowered by another tribe who were known as Khuza'a, who took over the honor of guarding the sacred house. They held onto this power for generations until Qusay bin Kilab recovered it for his clan, which was known as Quraysh. And the Prophet ﷺ was from Quraysh, as we are going to discuss. So my dear brothers and sisters, the Kaaba was a sacred place, and it's still a sacred place from the time Ibrahim السلام, was commanded by Allah when he built the Kaaba to call all people to it, to perform pilgrimage to it. So the Kaaba came to be respected and revered by all Arabs, not just those in Mecca. Arabs from near and from far used to visit it and make tawaf around it as we do until this day when performing Umrah and Hajj. So the Kaaba, my dear brothers and sisters, became a sanctuary or a safe place and a shelter for people. It was considered so sacred that no blood was allowed to be shed within its boundary. The Kaaba was also a central meeting point. People from all over Arabia used to gather here every year to decide important matters. The Arabs who valued fine poetry would gather to see poets there around the Kaaba reciting their poetry and competing with one another in composing the best poetry. So over time, my dear brothers and sisters, the city of Mecca grew and flourished. Trade caravans traveling from the east would stop for business in Mecca before passing through on their way to the west of Arabia. The Quraysh controlled the caravan routes and also became involved in the caravan trade. This in turn resulted in greater wealth for both the Quraysh and for the city in general. And the Kaaba was also covered with fine materials. And the first person to do that was Tubba, a ruler of Yemen. And this custom continued and has remained until today when every year the cover of the Kaaba is changed. Now the Prophet وسلم, as we said, was born into a family whose ancestry returns all the way back to the Prophet Ismail, the son of Ibrahim alayhim
The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said as is found in Sahih Muslim, إِنَّ اللَّهَ اصْطَفَى كِنَانَ مِنْ وَلَدِ إِسْمَاعِيلٍ وَاصْطَفَى قُرَيْشًا مِنْ كِنَانَ وَاصْطَفَى مِنْ قُرَيْشٍ بَنِي هَاشِمْ وَاصْطَفَانِ مِنْ بَنِي هَاشِمْ Allah chose Kinana from among the children of Ismail and he chose Quraysh from among Kinana and he chose Banu Hashim from among Quraysh and he chose me from among Banu Hashim. So the Prophet lineage goes back to the Prophet Ismail, the son of Ibrahim alayhim salam. The Prophet wasallam has also told us that he is the very best in person and in family. فَأَنَا خَيْرُهُمْ نَفْسًا وَخَيْرُهُمْ بَيْتًا As is found in Musnad Imam Ahmad, so the Prophet ﷺ possesses a wonderful lineage. The nasab or the lineage of the Prophet ﷺ is Muhammad ibn Abdullah ibn Abdul Muttalib ibn Hashim ibn Abd Manaf ibn Qusay ibn Kilab ibn Murrah ibn Ka'ab ibn Lu'ay ibn Ghalib bin Fihr, bin Malik, bin Nadar, bin Kinana, bin Khuzayma, bin Mudrika, bin Ilyas, bin Mudar, bin Nizar, bin Ma'addi ibn Adnan. And Imam al-Bukhari has mentioned this nasab or this lineage in his Sahih. So my dear brothers and sisters, the Prophet's lineage, as we get from this hadith, as far as Adnan is agreed upon. Now all the scholars agree that Adnan was a descendant of Ismail alayhi salam and this is confirmed in Sahih al-Bukhari but they differ about the number of generations between Adnan and the names of each descendant between Adnan and Ismail alayhi salam. Now the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam's father's name is Abdullah and his mother's name is Amina bint Wahab and she is from the tribe of Zuhra bin Kilab. Now Kilab also appears as an ancestor of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And it was said that his real name was Urwa or Hakim. But he became known as Kilab because of his passion for hunting with dogs. So the Prophet's tribe, my dear brothers and sisters, was the Quraysh. And as we mentioned, they were the most respected tribe. And Quraysh is in fact Fihr bin Malik and his children. So later on, their progeny became known by the name Quraysh. Now the Quraysh, they enjoyed a position of honor in the Arabian Peninsula. And one member of this tribe, who we mentioned before, was Qusay. He played a especially vital role in establishing the greatness of this tribe. And it's mentioned by some that his real name was Zayd. And upon his father's death, his mother settled in Syria. It was there where Qusay was brought up. But then he returned to Mecca during his youth and assumed the leadership of the Kaaba. So because of his position, he was at liberty to open the door of the Kaaba whenever and for whoever he liked. He also established the system of playing host to the pilgrims who journeyed to Mecca, preparing large quantities of food for them and serving them drinks made from honey, dates or raisins. Now Qusay also built a house north of the Kaaba which he named Dar al-Nadwa. And in Dar al-Nadwa, many of the tribe's official activities took place. So it was like a, a type of tribal parliament and marriages were also performed there. Also, Qusay was entrusted with the standard and bow of the Quraysh. In other words, no one but he had the right to declare war. And he was known to be gracious and wise and he was obeyed by his fellow tribesmen without hesitation, who under his leadership settled in Mecca and lived around Mecca while beforehand 
they were not living in and around the Kaaba. So basically, they grew from a scattered band of people into a solid community in Mecca. Now, the Prophet wasallam, he was a Hashmi, and this is his lineage after his great-grandfather Hashim. Because Muhammad is the son of Abdullah, the son of Abdul Muttalib, who is the son of Hashim. Now Hashim, he assumed the position of host to the pilgrims, a privilege which after him was transferred to his brother Muttalib. After Muttalib's death, the progeny of Hashim reclaimed this privilege and retained it until the advent of Islam. Now my dear brothers and sisters, Hashim was a very well respected man. Now his real name is Amr, but he was called Hashim because Hashim means one who mashes something. Because he used to mash pieces of bread in meat and soup and distribute it for others to eat. As the ulama mentioned, Sumiya Hashiman, لِأَنَّهُ أَوَّلُ مَنْ حَشَمَ الثَّرِيدِ He was called Hashim because he was the first person to mash a tharid. And tharid is a mixture of bread and soup. So Hashim was in charge of the sikaya and the ifada, which is basically the drink and feeding of the pilgrims. And this was an honor for them. Also, the Quraysh being merchants, as we mentioned, Hashim arranged trade journeys for them to Yemen each winter and to Syria each summer. And he obtained security for them from the authorities in both these areas. And this is mentioned in Surah Al-Quraysh, where Allah reminds the Quraysh of the favors he has given them. It is a grace from Allah for the protection of the Quraysh, secure in their winter and summer journeys. So let them worship, meaning worship Allah, the Lord of this house, meaning the Kaaba in Mecca. He who has fed them against hunger and has made them safe from fear. My dear brothers and sisters, Hashim, the great-grandfather of the Prophet wasallam, once passed by Yathrib, which later became known as Medina. And he was on his way to Syria. And there he married Salma bint Amr, a lady from the tribe of Banu Adi bin Najjar. He halted there for a few days and then he left for Syria. And he passed away in Gaza in Palestine. Now at the time of his departure, his wife Salma was pregnant. And she gave birth to a son whose hair had white streaks. So therefore she named him Shaiba, which means one with grey hair. Now, none of Hashim's relatives in Mecca knew about the birth of Shaiba. Many years later, some say eight years later, Muttalib, the brother of Hashim, found out about his dead brother's son and decided to bring Shaiba to Mecca. When he entered Mecca with Shaiba, the people thought the young boy was Muttalib's slave and referred to Shaiba as Abdul Muttalib, which means Muttalib's slave. And this is why Shaiba became known as 
عبد المطلب and عبد المطلب my dear brothers and sisters is the grandfather of the prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam so he is عبد المطلب Shayba which is his real name the son of Hashim whose real name is Amr now Abd al-Muttalib, the grandfather of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, grew up to become a very respected and leading figure of the Quraysh tribe. He became the chief of Quraysh and oversaw the tribe's trade caravans. He was also famous for his generosity. He was even called the generous, for he gave his leftovers to the needy and even to animals and the birds. For this reason, he was also described as the feeder of men on earth and beasts and birds on the mountaintops. Now my dear brothers and sisters, Abdul Muttalib also had the honor of rediscovering the sacred well of Zamzam. And this was the well we spoke about, which Allah gifted Ismail and his mother Hajar, when Hajar was searching for water. Now, the location of the well had been forgotten ever since the tribe of Jurham covered it. As we said, Jurham were expelled from Mecca by Khuza'a. And it's mentioned one of the last things they did was to hide or cover the well of Zamzam. Now, one night, it's mentioned that Abdul Muttalib had a dream in which he was shown where to dig for the well, meaning the well of Zamzam. And when he started digging next to the Kaaba, the water of Zamzam began to flow again. Now, my dear brothers and sisters, Another thing which Abdul Muttalib became famous for was his confronting Abraha al-Ashram, who was an Abyssinian who was ruling in Yemen on behalf of the Najashi, the ruler of al-Habasha. Now, Abraha and his men, whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala refers to as the companions of the elephant in Surah Al-Fil, Abraha advanced with a huge army, some say 60,000 men, and they were intent on destroying the Kaaba. And by destroying the Kaaba, they had hoped to divert the Arab pilgrims to a church they had built in Yemen. Now, as they were approaching to attack the Kaaba, they even had an elephant with them, which terrified all of Mecca. But as they were getting near to Mecca, the elephant refused to move. As for the 60,000 soldiers, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us what he did with them in Surah Al-Fil. Have you not considered a Muhammad وسلم, how your Lord dealt with the companions of the elephant? Did he not make their plan into misguidance? And he sent against them birds in flocks, striking them with stones of hard clay, and he made them like eaten straw? 
So my dear brothers and sisters, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala defended the sacred house, defended the Kaaba by sending these flocks of birds to pelt these invaders with these stones. And Abdul Muttalib also became famous for this, for he stood up to Abraha where he told him that the Kaaba has a Lord who will protect it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protected his house and also this incident caught the attention of the people in the Arabian Peninsula for soon thereafter a great event would happen 50 to 55 days later the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam was born. My dear brothers and sisters Abdul Muttalib the grandfather of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam had many sons and from them was Abdullah the father of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And as we said, he married Amina, the daughter of Wahab, and she was from the Bani Zuhra tribe, and her father was the chief of his tribe. Shortly after their marriage, my dear brothers and sisters, Amina became pregnant, but before she could give birth to their child, Abdullah was sent by his father to Yathrib, or Syria, on business. Now, on his way back, he died. Now the Prophet wasallam inherited from his father five camels, some sheep, and also a jariya or a servant whose name was Baraka, more famously known as Um Ayman radiallahu anha. My dear brothers and sisters, with that we'll conclude. And inshallah in our next lesson, we'll begin with the birth of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Barakallahu fikum wa sallallahu ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. Wassalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.